way to deal with depression is by getting our lives in order, by changing our routines, our subroutines, the way we do life every single day. If life is not working for us, at least the way we want it to, we need to change certain things. And we can start with our little micro routines and work all the way through to a total life change. I often say that what needs to change is absolutely everything. Why not? So thinking that getting up and going for a walk in the morning or meditating or spending 20 minutes on a mindfulness practice is not going to help my depression. Uh, how would you know? And have you done the right work, the right programs? Uh, have you followed the right plans? Because what we've got to understand is when you're depressed, addicted, down, or your life is unmanageable, you've got to understand that your program, the program that you're running from your familiar past, is not working. And in order for change to happen, it needs to come from the outside. So often I say to people, your very, very best thinking got you to this point. The first thing we've got to understand about dealing with depression is uh, to actually be able to recognize it and to understand uh, what it is, because it's not easy to diagnose depression. The criteria used to diagnose depression are difficult uh, to understand and implement. So first we've got to understand what we're dealing with and depression is, is the fluctuation of mood and uh, how we can go up and down in that mood uh, to a point where it affects the rest of our lives. So we might have difficult lives. We might go through times where we feel depressed, but actually we're just going through difficult times where life can be hard. Take quarantine with COVID-19, for example. Everybody has times in their lives where it's gonna be difficult uh, and their moods are gonna fluctuate according to their environment, especially if they haven't done any work on themselves. So we've got to understand that depression is not only elevated and decreased moods, that it is a situation where we could be having a terrible time, a hard and difficult life. So we need to distinguish between the two. But nevertheless, if we are feeling depressed, the first thing to do is treat it. And you might think that that's obvious, but that's definitely not obvious. It's a fact that most people sit with depression for 10 years, five years, 20 years, before they say, look, I've had enough, I need some help. At least it's like that at our center. And we ask them, why wait? So it's usually only when we hit a rock bottom that we say, let's go and get help from other people. We tend to sit with the lie that we can deal with it ourselves, that just around the next corner, something's gonna change. And it tends not to change. If you have symptoms of depression that have been there for a while, you need to go and get them sorted out. No one needs to stay stuck with depression anymore today. Often the question of treating depression with medication comes up, and of course, why not try medication? You know, it's almost like people don't want to give it a bash because they feel that if they try medication, that their life has got to some kind of new low. However, medication can be great. It really has helped a lot of people. And some people tend to describe it as um, just relieving the constant itch that was on my brain. 
So medication is there for a purpose. Is it the sort of be-all and end-all of depression treatment? Definitely not. So there are many ways we treat depression today, but if we go to the other side of the spectrum and understand that now we are depressed, we've got to go back and then look, how did this all begin? Now, everything begins with a stimulus or a trigger in this universe. We've only got five senses and we're in an environment where um, people, places, things, conversations and situations affect us. It is our response to those stimuluses, those people, places, things, conversations and situations that actually can cause depression, at least make it worse. So we need to look at how we are responding to life because, you know, as you think, so shall you be. So our thoughts, perceptions, feelings definitely play a role in depression and the maintenance of depression. If we want to get out of it, of course, we've got to do something different. We need to think differently. Uh, if you've got low uh, moods, low emotions, uh, you need to change those uh, somehow. Medication's one way. Uh, meditation's another. Contemplative practice is another. Seeing a psychologist, yet another. So there's many ways to skin a cat here. But the main thing is, don't leave it alone. Everyone does not need to wait for a rock bottom. In fact, investing time, finances, resources in something like healing depression is probably one of the best investments you can ever make. So depression is defined as a group of conditions that elevate and fluctuate our mood and decrease our mood. So when we look at depressive mood disorder, we look at anxiety, we look at personality issues, mood issues, um, we can see that there's commonality in all of them, at least to some degree. And what works for one can also work for another. A good example is DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, which is now being used not only for borderline personality disorders, uh, but for depression, anxiety, and other things as well. It's the mindfulness techniques in these practices, such as DBT, that really start to get us uh, feeling well, and then oftentimes better than well. And the good news is that this all can happen in a relatively short period of time. We've seen person time and time again come to our center in South Africa and change deep-seated 20-year-old issues in as little as six to eight weeks. Some have almost spontaneous and miraculous turnarounds, although it's more rare, it tends to happen quite often. And people with 20 years of depression find that when they do some sort of practice to get out of the part of the brain where depression lives and move to another part, new things happen. This is good mathematics. We must understand that doing the same things over and over again is gonna create the same results. So if we were depressed last year or last week or last month, we're going to have a tendency to be depressed next year, next week, next month, unless we change something. And this is where we've got our power to decide and to choose and to discern between what we want in life. Now, obviously, the brain gets stuck in certainty and safety, especially when we're depressed. It almost locks us down, as people say, they feel like, they are just sitting below the surface of a dark ocean, treading water, 
treading water, not able to come up to the surface. So we understand that it's difficult to be motivated, at least for any lengthy period of time, to then try something uncertain, unfamiliar, that might or might not change your life. So like anything in life, depression treatment is a risk that we need to take. That goes for borderline, all personality disorders, mood disorders, anxiety. These things are overcome more and more often by people who go out and access different parts of the brain. They wake up different parts of the body, which is our record of the past, and they start changing the body, the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, the perceptions, and all those neural networks and neural nets move from the back of the brain, the downstairs bottom of the brain, which is down here, all the fight, flight, freeze responses, and with lots of exercise, mindfulness, uh, meditation techniques and so on, you can access your prefrontal cortex, your cerebellum, all the different places where there's creativity, gratitude, joy, bliss, totally different part of the brain. And of course, that's what medication is trying to do. It's trying to access those different chemicals, those different signatures, and those different parts of the brain. Another way to deal with depression is by getting our lives in order, by changing our routines, our subroutines, the way we do life every single day. If life is not working for us, at least the way we want it to, we need to change certain things. And we can start with our little micro routines and work all the way through to a total life change. I often say that what needs to change is absolutely everything. Why not? So thinking that getting up and going for a walk in the morning or meditating or spending 20 minutes on a mindfulness practice is not going to help my depression. Uh, how would you know? And have you done the right work, the right programs? Uh, have you followed the right plans? Because what we've got to understand is when you're depressed, addicted, down, or your life is unmanageable, you've got to understand that your program, the program that you're running from your familiar past, is not working. And in order for change to happen, it needs to come from the outside. So often I say to people, your very, very best thinking got you to this point. And the retort often is, I need to go and speak to my psychic about that. I need to sit on my crystal chair. You know, I need to go and refer to the tarot cards. But the history, the record shows that these things are no longer working. Yet the mind will continue to run the program of the familiar past. It will continue to try and solve this problem, speeding up the mind, becoming obsessive in thought, compulsive by nature, trying to solve problems that it can never find the answer to. So oftentimes what we need is an external program or plan. And that's what we provide. We have a system where people get out of their routines. We provide people with a plan that gets them out of their micro routines and into new routines. And often these routines work. There's no doubt within six to 12 weeks that people who wanted to end their lives only ended their thinking. They ended the way they always thought the chemicals that produced changed. In turn, when we change our thinking, our chemical structures, our neural networks, 
our fight, flight, freeze response all change. You can kill anything, including depression, by just not feeding it. It's highly, highly treatable for most people on the planet. And what we've got to realize is that change is uncomfortable. It's scary. It's risky because how are you going to get a guarantee? How are you going to know it works? Nothing, of course, in the past has worked, right? Getting out of your comfort zones is definitely a good start in how to heal depression. Often through life, through trauma, through difficulties and challenge, we tend to wipe out our value system, our very own value system. We tend to forget what life means to us, what's important and what isn't. And so coming back to the authentic self is something we've probably all heard today, but it's necessary. It's necessary to clear away the debris, to get rid of the masks, the codependency, the perfectionism that we've been wearing. Get rid of these things and access what is underneath. Often what people need is a life that works and we show them how to do that. We know lives that don't work. Uh, no routine and no plan. There you go. Depression is headed your way or something similar. Our worldview, our perceptions, the way we see a world. Is it falling to pieces? Is it terrible? Is it catastrophic out there? Or is it those things in here? And that's what we've got to understand, that sometimes we let that environment inside and we don't even realize that we've been responding to life in negative ways that cause or perpetuate depression. So what we've got to do is change the way we look at things, because when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at are going to change. We have a tendency as human beings to think of things in negative ways. Our entire nervous system is built for survival. And instead of thrive or arrive ever, we continue to strive and strive and strive. Um, and that's depressing in itself, isn't it? Never being able to get the brakes, get where you need to go. So life is difficult. It can be downright overwhelming. We can think of the bad breaks as conspiracies against us, that the world itself is against us and it's a bad place. Um, we can understand that an alcoholic parent, a depressive parent, uh, a partner that has um, been emotionally abusive in some kind of way, shape or form, has been our fault. And that is how we take the environment and interpret it in ways that we internalize. So what we've got to do is actually take our power back, power meaning action, by starting from the ground up, by establishing a new foundation of who we really are when we're people that can at least rely on ourselves to get up and go when we have to, even if it's painful. That is a new base. It's a new sense of security that you need to develop and grow from there. So although we can spiral down in life quite easily, far, far easier than we can actually spiral upwards, especially if we're left alone to overthink. Because if you overthink anything, scientifically speaking, it becomes negative. Whenever you overthink something, it becomes negative. It turns into a response that helps you to survive. But in actual fact, 
That's often not the case today. There's no lions and tigers crouching, ready to pounce on us. Even though a million years ago that was the case, it's not the case now. But the brain, the lizard brain and the monkey mind that gets depressed is sitting there believing that there's disaster and calamity and uh, ropes that appear to be like snakes around every single corner. So when we open those thoughts and allow them to sink in and stew and percolate, we can develop disorders. How we deal with depression is moving from point A to point B. Number one, nothing changes if nothing changes. We've literally got to move on various axes, on various dimensions. For example, move from the back of your brain where fight, flight and freeze is to the front of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, where you can again be creative, where you again can feel gratitude, which in turn will increase your energy, energy that might have been missing for years. Remember where focus goes, energy flows. We can move from the back to the front of our heads through practice. So moving from point A to point B is making change happen. Now we can do that in our brains through mindfulness practice, meditation and so on. We use our CQ walking meditations to lift people out of the familiar, familiar thinking that has got them stuck year after year and feeling that their lives are terrible sometimes that their lives must even end. But it's not their lives that need to end. It's their thinking, thoughts, feelings, perceptions and behaviors that need to end. Sometimes we just need a new plan. And the plan is to get from A to B. Same thing goes for our energy centers, our chakras, our shakti or our chi, whatever you want to call it. Depression comes with low energy, low motivation, it comes with very little desire for anything unfamiliar. It comes with very little desire to change. So what we've got to do is shift energy. Now, at the end of the day, energy is information. So we need new information in terms of new form, new plan. Go for a walk. Change your micro routines. Change how you think about life, about the external environment and the one inside. So getting from point A to B also means going from your root to your crown. So, you know, people describe seven chakra points. I think there's 114, but we'll stick with seven. And really at the base of those chakras, you could call them Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's exactly the same thing. Uh, you know, even the colors in the textbooks are the same as the chakra system. And you move from safety from your root to higher energy as you flow up into your sacral chakras, your heart chakra. Now, obviously that when you can access energy from your base, from your soul, from the depths of that soul and lift it upwards towards your heart, empathy arises. Okay, care for other people arises. And of course, what we really want is care for the self to re-emerge. So when we access the heart and we can open it, even for seconds at first, then minutes, then hours, then days, then months and years, when we can access and get that coherence of energy through body, heart and mind, as we call it, 
things begin to change rapidly, miraculously. So through some practice, we can move our energy and shift our energy that we didn't possibly know that was there. And we can move it up towards opening our heart and then up into our heads where we can flower consciously in the front of our brains when the brain is relaxed, when it's met all its needs, when it feels safe and secure, it's able to look at uncertainty. It's able to look at all things unfamiliar, far, far removed from point A where depression lived. Point B is something completely, completely different. It is something awesome. And it is where happiness, gratitude, and all the higher energies live. So when we low on energy, when we low on creative thought, when we low on motivation, these things can actually compound and we can become completely stuck, hijacked into fight, flight or freeze responses. When you're in a fight, flight, freeze frame of mind, not much new is going to happen. You're not going to be very open. You're not going to be very agreeable. You instead are going to be far, far more neurotic, anxious, fearful and distrustful of life. All of those are negative emotions. And when we feed them, we feed our depression. Point A and point B that we've described in the back of your head, A, B in the front, are literally what Carl Jung described as the two halves of life. At first, we know that trauma is going to come. Everybody experiences trauma and life for absolutely everybody is tragic. After all, we know how it ends. So we can sit with that or we can actually move to point B, which is probably your meta self or your higher self and put our shoulders back and understand that even though life might be a tragedy, it might be difficult, intensely difficult. We can know that something good can come from us exploring a different worldview. A different frame of reference will give us a totally different life experience. So that is back to, as you think, so shall you be. And when you change the way you look at these things, the things you look at, the world, the people are actually going to change, which is, which is crazy. You know, that's miraculous. Now everything is either a miracle or nothing is. And point B is where the miraculous unfolds for a lot of people. How can someone be depressed for two decades and heal themselves in four, five, six weeks? Completely change their lives forever. We know it works. In fact, I've never seen a person go back to point A. I don't think it's possible to go back. You can't go back in time. You can't go back in space. You can only move forward. So life is about growth, contribution. It's about doing something significant. And if we're not doing those things, depression will come, not as an enemy, but as a friend. Because when we're sick and tired of being sick and tired, when we feel we've hit a rock bottom, it's time to go cross the abyss of the dark night of the soul and try something new. We're dead set. We're dead stuck on what we know. Anything unfamiliar, you're going to have to transcend the mind. You know, 
there's a, a saying in the Old Testament, do not be conformed to this world. And this is what they're talking about. This way of thinking that is closed and small. and that The world is bad. You might have decided that at two or eight, this might be a subconscious process for you. When last did you think about it? So the change that we're looking at is do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's a plan. That's a program. So you need to be transformed. You need to trans, go above, form. So you need to go above yourself, uh, get out of being conformed and get to something new and positive. It's called transformation, awakening, recovery. It's called healing. Uh, it's probably called a miracle for some people. So you don't end your life. You don't give up. What you rather do is surrender. Pretty much similar, but completely different. You let go instead of giving up and you start to rise. Something anybody can do with the right plan. So I want you to remember, it's very, very important that your thinking that's conformed you to this world and possibly to thoughts of depression, anxiety and fear can be let go of and you can transform yourself by the renewing of your mind. Now, remember this, your best thinking has got you to this point. Your best way of interpreting your life, your history, the things that have happened to you have got you to this point. Change your thinking and yes, you transform your life. How do you do that? Remember that you are not the plan. You are not the program. You are not the procedure. You are the thing, the object that can take away all obstacles that have kept you and keep you away from the plan. And you can work on those. Depression is one of them. Anxiety and fear, another. We can remove those obstacles from the plan, which is growth, contribution, and a good life where you can experience gratitude and then share that with other people. Life is good, but as you think, so shall you be. So we need to go on a hero's journey, a quest, a voyage, uh, a voyage of self-discovery, whatever we're gonna call it. That voyage of journey is necessary. Moving from A to B is necessary. In fact, it's why we are here. So don't fear the journey, take risks, because when you're over here, things might look very different to when you're standing over there. Very, very different. If I'm stuck in this room, all I have is a very, very contracted picture of the world. All I might see is the room. I need to expand that contracted awareness. Um, and I can do it by switching on the light. I can do it by looking around the room. Uh, and if I want to get that even more pure in terms of consciousness, I can start exploring, looking out the windows and seeing what is on the outside once more. We can move from a very contracted frame of reference to a very expanded one. Finally, often in life we get stuck. It's not so much about the getting stuck, it's about getting unstuck that is the best of life. It's a challenge, you know, it's a quest. It's a challenge that is there for everybody, every one of us. And we've got to often traverse the dark night of the soul to get there. We need to embrace the unfamiliar, take the risk, 
and really, really work on ourselves to leave depression, the chemicals it produces, the states that it produces, we need to leave them behind for something different. Okay, in the East, they would call it bliss. So what we need to remember is regardless of our past, regardless of our current situation, however dark it may be, life has three boxes. The first box, often when we're young, is the box of order. We tend to have that order given to us by a school or teachers or parents. And order doesn't last very long. The second of three boxes is called disorder. And of course, depression is one of those disorders. We get stuck in the box of disorder and think that there's no other box, but we're mistaken. There is a third box, which is reorder. And this is the task that a depressive person needs to overcome. They need to understand that their quest is reorder and self-discovery and from confirmation to transformation um, is a journey that we really need to take and we need to move from order to disorder and then reorder or recovery or renewal whatever you want to call it and recreate our lives the way we want them to be everybody wants to be happy no one wants to be depressed so don't stay stuck know that it is not only something you can do, it's something that life has put before us to do. Mm -hmm.